0: This is Women's Leadership Success, episode number 106. Have you ever applied for a job but failed to get an interview, callback, or offer, but no one tells you why? Are you unwittingly making critical mistakes at every stage of the hiring process? Spoiler alert, maybe it's because the job-seeking advice you've always been told is just plain wrong. In this interview, you'll gain insider knowledge of how to stand out at every stage of the process from submitting your application through accepting an offer, especially during these tough economic times. Whether you're a first-time applier, considering a career change, re-entering the workforce, or just plain struggling to gain traction in your job search, This interview will help you zoom past the competition
1: to hear those magic words, you're hired. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert, Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line.
0: This is Women's Leadership Success.com Radio. And today I have the great pleasure of talking to Jackie Ducci, who wrote Almost Tired, um, which is a wonderful book. And Jackie is the CEO and founder of Ducci and Associates, a boutique talent inc- acquisition agency that recruits top candidates for Fortune 500 companies nationwide. She has placed hundreds of people in a wide variety of uh, industries and positions at all different levels. Um, She has an outstanding record of getting 90% of her uh, people placed. So I'm excited to talk to you today, Jackie, welcome.
2: Thank you for having me. really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) Am I saying your last name correctly? You are, yes. Okay, good. Italian like
2: Gucci, but with a D. (laughs) (laughs) Good.
0: So, what percentage of applicants never hear back from places where they apply for work?
2: uh this surprises so many people so at the time that my book was written which was a year ago the statistic was 97 to 98% of resumes that go in for jobs wind up in the trash so it's between 2 and 3% of people that actually hear back from a hiring manager
0: yeah I, and i i hear that from a lot, a lot of people and it's pretty discouraging when you've you get excited and you put all that work in and then you don't hear anything back, back from people
2: Yes, that's the number one thing I hear from job seekers, and then they're frustrated that they don't know why. That's really the biggest issue that they have,
0: right? That's a, yeah. that's a really big deal, isn't it? Um, yes. So, what makes the difference between the ninety-eight percent and the two percent that actually get the call back and get interviewed?
2: So, there are a couple of things that affect why the percentage is so high of people that don't hear back. Um, the first thing, though, is that you know most. Applications that go in for jobs aren't really a fit for the position that's being posted. So, for example, my firm recruits attorneys sometimes, and we just ran a search where we we're getting these resumes from people that don't even work in legal or they don't have a JD, and it's like, why are you applying for this? So, a lot of times hiring managers are dealing with just sifting through trash and things that they shouldn't be. So, that's part of the reason why that percentage is so high. Um, you know, the big thing that makes the two or 3% so magical is that they're actually a fit. So someone, the hiring manager needs to look at that resume and say right away, okay, I understand why this person applied. And then it's kind of like game on from there. <laughs> like then you have their respects and then they're going to start digging deeper. So you want to make it really clear at first glance in those first few seconds that you are a match for what they've posted.
0: Um that's great. And is is there something in your book that gives a, a sample or helps people understand the kind of resume they need to, to put yes, in? Yes.
2: And yes, and people don't like to hear this cuz it's a lot of work, but really the answer is you need to be evaluating each role that you're applying for and probably tweaking your resume a little bit each time. Um and it's not lying, it's about just highlighting certain things or up aspects of your background or playing down just based on what the role is and what they say they're looking for because those little tweaks it can make you look like a different person from position a to position b and it's really really important
0: Uh, that that really makes a lot of sense um and what i this thing of it's it's they don't want to hear it because it's a lot of work they should be doing it and what i tell as an executive coach what i tell people is You should update your resume every six months. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? If
2: you're working, do you think it's important to keep your resume up to date? I think so. And especially because you never know when a great opportunity is coming. Even if you're not actively looking, you might get a call from someone like me <laughs> saying, hey, <laughs> we have this amazing opportunity for you and you want to be ready to go. And if you say, oh, geez, it's going to take me you know, a week to revamp my resume and redo it, it's like, why lose all that time? That might cost you the opportunity. So I think it's always wise to just sort of have something updated, ready to go.
0: Okay. So is there any other thing you should do in advance before you apply for a
2: job? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that getting clear about what you're trying to accomplish in your search is so, so important. It's something that most people just kind of gloss over. They they get frantic because they're either laid off or they're not happy in their current position. They just need something new and they just start blasting resumes out everywhere Uh and they're not really intentional about it. And the problem with that is that you can start attracting opportunities that are not a good fit. And then if you wind up accepting one of them, you're just in one more unhappy situation. So really taking the time to think through what do I want out of my next position and sticking to it is one of the best things people can do.
0: Um, Can you say a little bit more about that? Um, I'm thinking what I see happen so many times is people think, okay, this job pays well. It's a good job. But it doesn't really fit in with their long-term goal of, let's say, um, moving into management or becoming an expert in a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they? How do you? It's a great job. They could get it, but how do you know it? it this isn't a good idea. This would be a wrong job for you.
2: Yeah, it's it's again, but so being clear first. So one of the things I recommend for people is to actually do an inventory of. Previous positions that they've held. So, literally go through every job and make a list of things that worked and didn't work for them in each situation. And then you're going to see patterns emerging, and it's really interesting. Themes come up over and over again. So, once you know what those themes are, you can make like a master list, which is a lot smaller of these are the things I never want to repeat again <laughs> in another uh-huh. position. And these are the things I really need to be happy. And then you just have to stick to your guns. If you're applying and a company really likes you, but something about them isn't going to help you accomplish what's on that list. You have to say no and you have to keep looking because otherwise you're going to wind up unhappy all over again and it's all for nothing.
0: That, that really makes a lot of sense. I'm really into s- strengths Based leadership and basically the things you liked are the, probably the things you're, that are your strengths that you're talented in. Yes. And, and you feel passionate about, and the things that you're not very good at are going to drain you, and it's not going to be fun to do the job.
2: Yes. And I would add, too, you know, when you're making those lists, think about more than just responsibilities in a position? Like, was there something about a culture or a boss or anything that really worked for you or didn't? Like you have to think three-dimensionally about it. Um, Like to your point about wanting to be promoted or move up. I mean, some people are really motivated to do that. So they should be asking in their interviews, does the company promote from within? And if the answer is no, or they can't see evidence of it, even if everything else looks great, they should really consider just moving on to something else. It's not going to be a good fit.
0: So well, the other thing I'm hearing is, you, you want people to come with an attitude that they are so valuable, they're going to get the right job.
2: right. And you kind of have to approach it that way, because like believing that it's out there is kind of the first step to actually getting it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. so I think it's really important. You have to just like know that it's there, and somehow you will manifest it, but you've got to work at it, it's not just going to come to you.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. So how can, so how do you, how can you, what you've been saying really is how you be, you would be more intentional, right? Yes. That, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. And where would you look for, where do you start looking for these ideal jobs that you want?
2: Well, I mean, I think everybody's first instinct is to go online and look at the job boards and LinkedIn and that's all fine. But I really believe that there's so much power in networking and there are so many opportunities for all of us through people that we know. And it's just something that most people don't think about, at least not right away when they're searching. So they can really you know, even through friends, like people think they don't have big networks, but they do. Like we all do. It could be a friend's spouse or what, who knows that just knows of something. So, unless you put it out there and you talk to people and say that you're looking, then nobody's going to reach out to help you because they won't know. So, that's on you to really put uh-huh. it out there.
0: That makes sense. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of one client I had who applied for a director job. Mm-hmm. And during the interview, the man asked her, did, did you work at X company? Mm-hmm. She said, yes. And he, she, he said, who was your boss? She told him and, and said, she said it was the best boss I ever had. And he said, that's my best friend.
2: Oh, wow. And needless wow. to say, she got the job, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. You never know. Those connections can mean everything. And I would also caution people like, to still be careful about how you position things and who you talk to because the last thing you want obviously is your current employer somehow finding out that you're running around <laughs> saying you want to leave. But, um, you know, hopefully you can trust your friends and the people that you open up to to keep it confidential. So,
0: well, say more about that. What 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 is an appropriate thing to say about that you want a different job and what would be something that could bite you bite you in the butt, so to speak?
2: I think the important thing, no matter what, is to just, Try as hard as you can not to be negative because that spreads like cancer. And if, if that ever gets back to your employer that you're trashing your whoever, boss, coworker, the company in general, like it just doesn't look good for you anyway, no matter who you're talking to. So I think putting a positive spin on it and just saying, look, you know, I've had a great run there, but like I'm kind of looking for X, Y, Z. I'm trying to find something that will help me accomplish my goals, you know here's what I'm looking for. If you can think of anything, let me know. Yeah, That way, at least, even if somebody finds out, it comes across a little different.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it also, if you're, if you're in an interview and you say something negative about your current employer, yes. that doesn't make it too likely they're going to
2: hire you. I cannot emphasize that point enough. If I had to list a couple of things that I've seen blow up, more hiring situations that should not have been blown up, that is probably the number one employers, it's like they have this allergic reaction whenever they hear someone say something negative. It's just, it's so unbecoming and it raises a flag with the employer because they're thinking, okay, Hey, is this person going to bring negativity into my company? But also if they leave us, are they going to talk poorly about us? So it's so, so important to just always be really aware of your words (laughs) and not go there.
0: Yes. So we're going to take a 60-second break, and then we'll be right back with our guest, Jackie Ducci. Did you know you can change your leadership trajectory just by understanding your talents and what areas you need to improve? Would you like an easy way to find out where you are in your leadership and career development? Here's how you can. I've designed a simple four-minute career and leadership quiz that will help you. And as one of my listeners, you can get it for free just, just by going to careerdevelopmentquiz.com. Once you complete the confidential quiz, you'll get your score and suggestions immediately. Plus, you may even qualify for a free coaching session with me. So just go to careerdevelopmentquiz.com and fill out the quick quiz. So how can you, you you talked a little bit about this, but can you say some more about how your network can help you?
2: Sure. So, you know, one of the things I hear a lot from people is that they don't think that they have a network or they say their network's not very big or particularly with younger people, you know, recent college graduates, they'll say, well, I don't really have a network. And the truth is that you do, <laughs> like everyone does. And they just need to think a little harder about it. I think like just sit down and I mean, you can pull from sports that you played, colleges that you went to, um, you know, even your high school, like my high school has an alumni network that you can turn to. I mean, you just have to start thinking in, again, in different dimensions about where these people might be. And opportunities may come from someone that you don't know professionally. I think that's the key. People think they don't have a big professional network and the truth is it doesn't really matter. So it could come from elsewhere.
0: So, if you if you connect with somebody, uh, you know, let's say you know them, or maybe your mom or dad has a relationship with them, or your uncle. Yeah. How do you approach that person? What's how do you talk to them about what it is you're doing?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the situation. Um, you know what the connection is, how strong the it, the relationship is with the person that's making the intro. But I think, you know, honesty is just the best thing. I mean, kind of like we talked about a few minutes ago, just explaining the situation and saying what you're looking for and just be really appreciative of them keeping you in mind. And then some kind of a follow-up after, even if it's just an email with a thank you or something like that to keep them thinking of you. Um, But I think from the conversation, you'll kind of get a sense from the person if they're actually going to be proactively taking any steps to help you, or if they're just sort of being polite. So, um, you know, you have to just kind of go case by case.
0: Yeah. I also think, um, sharing what you did that they suggested mm-hmm. people like to hear back what, what happened there.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, yes. And the, um, I think also helping other people connect is a, mm-hmm. a good thing to, to do. Um, I, uh, Couple months ago, I was in Melbourne, Australia, and I gave a talk there to women. And as I met these women, there were—it turned out there were four women that were directors of change management in their large companies. Wow! And I ended up saying, "Oh, have you? Do you know so and so? She does the same thing." I ended up introducing these four women to each other. Oh, nice! Um, And that's the kind of thing if you're always looking for. Who do I know that might be able to connect or be helpful with someone else? Yes. Um, it makes it easier if you're asking for a favor because you you already have been doing that with people.
2: Absolutely. Or if you're in a position, like if you're 20 years old and you're not really in a position to help them, keep in touch later and maybe the day will come, you know, where you can do something or you can still send them a nice note or do something in the end Exactly.
0: So do Good. The best
2: you can. Yeah. Um, so what makes a resume stand out? Well, I think simplicity is very important. Um, you know, especially now I think I, I see a lot of candidates who want to go with these glitzy formats and they try to they think they stand out by doing something different, but the truth is that what employers want to see is really something just streamlined and simple, easy to digest, not distracting you know, these kinds of things. So just real classic, simple formatting. Another thing that I see all the time that drives me crazy is people, when they do an objective section, make sure that your objective is in sync with the role that you're applying for. <laughs> like Literally, a an employer will look at that and if it's a mismatch, they're not even going to look any further. They're just going to throw your resume in the trash because they're going to say, "What? Well, even if your background is perfect, why do we want to talk to someone whose goals are not meshing with what we're trying to accomplish. So that's, it's just things like that. It's just reading intentionally and saying, okay, if I were hiring for this role, would I want to talk to me? (laughs) Like sense.
0: Yeah. It's almost as if what you're saying is a lot of people don't put much thought into how to prepare in advance to make a good impression.
2: Or they're just applying for so many things that it's the same blanket resume across and it's very easy for hiring managers to see through that like they're going to know if you're just like sending out a million copies to everything under the sun it's not attractive at all so it's important to make it look like you thought about it and actually tried to make it look like a match
0: now i have, i've had a couple of experiences where i'm working in a company and they're getting ready to hire somebody but what they actually say in terms of this is what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Is that actually what they really want? Yeah. I mean, is there some way you can ferret out? You get in that interview, what kind of questions do you want to ask back to make sure this is the right position for you?
2: Well, as far as what questions you should ask, I mean, my opinion is it should go back to that, hopefully the list or the inventory that you made for yourself. If you know what it is that you're looking for, you're sitting in front of people who could potentially be your next employer. So I would be expressing the things that are important to you, asking questions, you know, to ferret out if what you need in your next position is something that they can offer. And the answers are going to be different for everyone, but that's really where your question should come from, I believe.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. And we're we're getting close to the end here, but what's the what's the secret sauce that most employers are looking
2: for? Oh seen? gosh, I can I can give you a teaser. Okay. <laughs> So in the book, um, there's a list. I think there's eight different things that I mentioned that employers will never admit that these are the things that they look for, but they do. And they will make the determination off a resume if they will talk to you or not based on these eight things, I would say nearly 100% of the time. Um, One example is commute. (laughs) They will look at your address and they will Google your commute and see how far away that you live. And the reason that they do this is because they're looking for people who will stay long-term. And if they think that your commute is going to be too stressful, too long, not sustainable long-term, and they have another candidate that can like walk to the office, <laughs> they're going to go with the second person. So that's something they really look for. So, you know, can't really do much about where you live, but just to be aware of that, if you're applying for things far away, you're probably getting rejected for that reason.
0: Or... Um if you're, if you're willing to move closer, if you get the job, should mm-hmm. you state that in the, in the cover letter or resume? Absolutely.
2: Yes. A hundred percent. Also, if you're out of state, that's another thing I see a lot. Somebody lives in Florida and they're moving to New York, let's say, and they're applying for jobs in New York. If you don't tell them that you have plans to move to New York, how are they going to know that? And they're, they're just going to not right. look any further. You're commuting from Florida to New York. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. Right. Or, if you have a New York address, even better. If you have a friend or a family or something, you can use their address on your resume for the time being. That's even better. Just make it look like you're already there. So,
0: Okay. So. How do you prepare
2: for an interview? Um, I think, again, I, knowing what's important to you and knowing what to ask, I think, are the two most important things because it's supposed to be a fit on both sides. So you can't really do too much to... Prep for what they're going to ask you because you just have no idea. Um, but you can impact how you steer the conversation and the kind of things that you ask. So I think the questions you go in for are really important. Another thing that's really important is how you dress to an interview. And what I always recommend is do some homework on how other people dress within the company. What is their dress code? And it's it's not just about looking professional anymore, right? Because we have companies that have all different. Dress codes. There's business casual. There's you know very business formal and everything in between. So if you go in looking too formal in a business casual environment, it can actually turn people off, and and vice versa. So doing again a little homework on that and just walking and looking like you already belong in that environment can actually go a really long way because that's a first impression.
0: Right. Yeah. What do you, it seems to me like having a three or four stories of times you were successful in things or when things didn't work out and how you dealt with it, that Mm -hmm. rehearsing that could be helpful. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Some of that is, you know, I'm seeing more and more these days that you can't really predict what the questions are going to be anymore. I think the days of those like sort of canned questions, like what's your greatest strength, (laughs) you know, Uh Uh are sort of over. I don't see a lot of my clients asking things like that anymore anymore. Um, I think what employers are really concerned about is, what what is your background? What have you done? What are your competencies? But also, are you a fit for us? And do you want to be here? And the candidates that sell them on why they want to be with that company, as opposed to any company, are the ones that win, really. That, like that really 100%. makes sense.
0: So yeah. you could practice that. Yes. You, you could practice saying that so you're comfortable with it.
2: Yes, um, you go in with a good speech, like maybe there's something in the mission statement of the company that resonates with you or you know people that have worked there that said amazing things, whatever that is, I would absolutely go in prepared to kind of give a mini speech about that. It'll go a okay. long way.
0: So we're just, we're just about um, finished, but you and I are both um, on shelter down right now. I'm in California, <laughs> you're in Connecticut yeah. and uh, we're dealing with the the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So. A lot of people have have either lost their jobs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or or they 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 can't maybe go apply for the job they want right now. Mm-hmm. How can we best use this time to how can what could they do to start getting ready for when the recovery happens and they're able to either apply for a job or do something? What what are some ideas you have on that?
2: Well, I mean, take the time, like we said, to get your resume in order, make sure it's looking really good. Think through, again, your non-negotiables that you're looking for. Like this is the time we all have a little extra time now to do that sort of self-reflective work that we are too busy to do in the hustle and bustle of every day. So some of that background, like thinking through um, for now actually could serve people really well when Uh they start to look. The other thing I would really keep in mind is that if and when you are interviewing, like I know it's so stressful being without a job, but try so hard not to come across desperate when you're interviewing. Um, There's no greater turnoff, I think, to an employer than when people just seem like they're scrambling at anything. Because again, they're looking for retention. They want people to stay. So if they get the sense from you that you just are looking to land anywhere. It comes across frantic and it's just not attractive. And they're going to question, well, how long is this person really going to be here? They just want a job like now. Uh So, you know, practicing just kind of owning your power, so to speak, and, and, you know, grasping at everything.
0: I think that's really good advice. And this has been a great interview. And if you are hunkered down at home, or even if if things are better and you're able to move around, Um, Jackie's book is available on Amazon and they're still delivering. So (laughs) you you certainly can get it. Thank you so much, Jackie, for for being with us today. Thank you. Would you like to work smarter instead of harder? Are you afraid to speak up? Do you feel like you're capable of more than you're actually doing now? Well, over the last 30 years, I've realized that women need certain skills in business to level the playing field. Outstanding women leaders advance their leadership skills and careers by having great confidence, excellent communication skills, and the ability to develop trusted relationships and influence. That's why these are some of the top topics I speak about at conferences and with organizations I consult with. I have received great feedback from women whose businesses and leadership skills have accelerated using my unique methods. It is also why I've created a special online live workshop with me to make it easier and less expensive for women to develop these important skills. This powerful, fun-filled, interactive seven-week course, Elevate Your Leadership Capacity, will teach you key leadership skills using cutting-edge techniques. If you are committed to developing yourself, improving your confidence and leadership skills, and quickly increasing your impact and influence, and want to be considered part of the next small group, please contact me at sabrina at or go to www.womensleadershipsuccess.com and submit your email in the information box in the top upper right-hand side of the page. Don't miss out. This may be one of the last times I actually participate live in this powerful leadership program developed especially for women like you.
1: Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabraum.com.